Chapter 6 The next morning, as she sat counting the hours till Vala's visit, light footsteps on the stair brought her to her feet. You're off. The figure stepped into the room. Oh, not Yorov, but his younger brother. Why would Farewell visit her? She barely knew him. In Skandibar they had spoken little. Here she saw him rarely, even at the nightly feasts. Welcome, my lord she said, but her look was plain. Why are you here? Thurwell bowed. My lady, I'd walk with you, if you've a mind. Walk? Leona stared, her colour coming and going. Had Vala told him of her loneliness? Or was it plain for all to see? She gathered her pride about her. I thank you, but I have much to do today. He looked so dashed, she went to fetch her shawl. Minutes later, they had crossed the rondel in silence and were following a winding brook. In the quiet, she could hear the swish of her skirts through the ferns and the rush of shallow water. Some way along the bank, he stopped and turned towards the water's edge. A minnow lay stranded, mouth open, gills working. Farewell bent, took the tiny creature by the tail, and held it up so they were eye to eye. You had a mind to take a walk, too. Lucky I heard you. Here, back you go. Good luck. Kneeling, he lowered the fish into the current. For a moment, it lay like a willow leaf bobbing in the water's swirl. Then it kicked back to life, and with a flick of its tail, darted off. Leona looked at him in wonder. You heard it leap out? Mm, sort of. Anyway, it's all right now. Are all your kinders so sharp of hearing? Farewell shook his head. Just a few. He laughed now, making light of it. Many of us have some gift, mostly Vala's sort, which is? She can read your thought, though only if you wish it, he added quickly. She can help you see your future and know what's in your heart. Leona harked back to thoughts she'd had in Vala's presence. 
all right for Fairwall to say Vala didn't eavesdrop? How could one be sure? That sounds like magic of a powerful kind. Oh, no, not magic. We're just born that way. Are there other gifts besides that of second sight and keen hearing? A few Yulkinter have been known to make themselves invisible. Invisible? You mean they disappear? Not exactly. Not in the way a human wizard might. Not in the way I myself have seen Master Gom vanish from plain sight. Or in the manner of, um, a chameleon. He looked around as though seeking some example. You know, the way we blend into the background in our way capes? Some Yulkinter have been said to do it at will, without benefit of mask. Has Yurov a gift? Farwell shrugged. Not that I know of. They walked on. Leona thinking over all that Farewell had just said. A remarkable person, this brother-in-law, so like you of, in looks, and so different in nature. She couldn't see Yurov stooping to save a stranded minnow. Farewell shot her a glance. You're off, off hunting today? She shook her head. He's sitting in judgment. Aren't you supposed to sit with him? How, when I don't know enough about your laws and customs? She laughed. I can't even speak your language yet. Though I'm learning and I will in time. And then I dare say I'll be called upon to do my duty. Meanwhile, Thruvar's helping. Do you ever sit, my lord? Farewell smiled. I'm the incompetent one, didn't you know? The word is, I have trouble managing my own affairs, let alone other people's. The truth is... Unlike my dear brother, I don't care to order folk about. Leona caught an edge in his voice. You don't like Yurov? I have no quarrel with him. But I annoy him. So I keep out of his way. Leona's first thought was whether she should walk the wood with someone not in her husband's favour, even a brother. Her second was, why not? You don't annoy me, she said. Farewell nodded briskly. That's good, for we can walk out again. For several days thereafter, Leona trod the forest with Farewell. As they went, Leona learned that while he kept a small loft off the concourse, he also kept another 
deeper in the woods. You go there to get away from people? Oh no, <laughs> there's lots of company. You mean like squirrels and deer? Farewell laughed. I mean you'll kinter. Not everyone seeks the concourse life. There are other enclaves. You haven't seen them? Never. In her horseback tour of the domain, Yorov had shown her his favourite hunting lofts and trails. No mention of other enclaves. I'd like to. Is your enclave far? Not really. Come, this way. They left the brook and struck out through a stand of lichen-spattered oaks. Bright wings started way up in the trees. A scarlet tanager, keeping to the upper reaches. A rabbit dashed across their path. Somewhere near, Leona caught a woodpecker's tattoo. As they crossed a mossy clearing, stifled laughter sounded overhead. Looking up, she saw a ring of faces gazing down. Farewell raised his arms in greeting. Struma, Gesseli, Lady Liana pays you a visit. Come down. The faces disappeared, the branches shook, and leaves fluttered down as folk hurriedly descended to the forest floor. Struma and Kessely head this enclave by popular acclaim, Thowell explained, as the tall, graceful couple reached the ground and strode towards them. Welcome, my lady, Kessely said. May we offer you some cake and wine? May we offer you some cake and wine? Leona nodded feeling the familiar warmth rush to her cheeks. I'd like that. She followed Strumar and Kessely up the widest oak into the communal meeting place where she and Farewell sipped golden wine and sampled small round honey cakes. As she sipped, she looked around the rough-hewn loft walls, taking in the brightly woven hangings, the carved and polished sconces, the chairs covered in various leaves and vines. In a corner was a table harp. Unable to resist, she went over and stroked the strings. She found one or two ill-tuned, soon fixed. A spirit rising, she struck up a rowdy lakeside ballad, a fisherman's jingle with a stomping beat. Folk streamed in from always, crowding the clearing below and spilling into the spaces beyond. Soon 
everyone upstairs and down was dancing and stamping and clapping hands. After that, she played another, and another, until Farewell touched her arm. It was dusk, and time to go. At her door, she thanked Farewell for an afternoon well spent, and ran upstairs. Passing her mirror, she saw herself, cheeks flushed, eyes bright, hair springing from its combs. Absently she tucked up a strand, jammed in the comb afresh. Such a good time she'd had. She'd not felt so happy since leaving home. Such pleasant folk those your kinter living in the outer reaches, so friendly and without pretense. That night, after the public banquet, the only time nowadays that she spent with Yorolf, Leona paced her loft. Two kind friends she had, Vale and Farewell. While the folk in the outer enclave had welcomed her and raised her spirits, her neighbours on the concourse left her alone, and her ladies actually despised her. Worst of all, Hurolf avoided her more than ever. Leona opened her casement and looked out towards Eurolf's loft, in darkness now. Had she done something wrong? Did she not measure up as Eurolf had hoped? Or had he simply tired of her? Leona closed her eyes and clasped her hands to her chest. What to do, if that were so? For in spite of everything, she still loved Yurov with all her heart. And if she had doubts about the wisdom of that, she didn't want to hear them. As I said before, children, love has a way of making fools of folk and snatching away their power of choice. So there Leona was, consumed by misery and loneliness and hunger for home, until, bit by bit, hope crept in again. If only, she told herself, she could just hang on, Yorolf would in time come back to his senses and all would be well again. Turning from her casement, Leona went to her harp and played sad songs of love gone wrong, the plaintive notes drifting out over the treetops and up towards the stars. Mm -hmm. 